All right, welcome to another episode of the Lawn Care Leaders Podcast. I am your show host, Britt Dowd, and I am joined today by a special, special guest. It has been long awaited, long anticipated, and it drug out way, way too long. But I got the privilege of today um, bringing my mentor, my friend, my father-in-law, Brett Reek, and uh, super, super excited. More nervous, but super excited. Don't be nervous. Mr. Reek, how are you doing? Doing good. Good, good. This is fun. This is fun. I know uh, a few of our listeners know of you. Obviously, um, wherever you go, you you make an impact. And um, we're going to get into Brett's story um, of his 30 plus years experience in the green industry. And he's, he's landed everywhere from greenhouse to chemical side to being bought out a couple times by True Green and 30 plus years experience. It's hard to unpack all of that, but really want to hear his story. And I really want you guys, our listeners to know um, from the bottom of my heart, all of the like 99.99% of any information I have around lawn care, landscaping, plant material, chemicals, products, calibration, what we do um, is because of Brett. And uh, I could get pretty emotional pretty easily but I want want you guys to know and I want him to know sitting in front of me that uh, I'm grateful and I wouldn't have been able to do it without him so I'm excited excited to hear, hear his story hopefully he'll get into some of the funny stories about us and how bad we were in the beginning so that you guys know that if uh, an idiot like me can do it you guys can do it too so um, without further ado Mr. Reek how hello. you doing hello everybody out there yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. We, you finally uh, cornered me to be here. This, this is the last place I wanted to be, and you got me here. Now. I've got you. I've got you. Unbelievable. Oh, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. What's great is the the role has completely switched, and so Brett's always in the captain chair telling me what to do, and now I get to ask the question. So this is going to be this is going to be weird. Yeah, all of you out there get to laugh. <laughs> no, what what the truth is, he's he's busy. And then uh, he's always he's always with our kids with his grandbabies, so it's been hard to corner him between that and we stayed in his basement for a while, so I can't believe we didn't do it while we were there. But well, Brett, um, tell us about like take us back to the very beginning of why you got into quote unquote green industry, and I guess it would have been more like greenhouse and ag in the beginning. Yeah, no question. Doctor Charles Reek is my dad, and Walter Reek. My grandfather, Oklahoma Rednecks, and uh, all, uh, I was born in Stillwater, so grew up Oklahoma state guy and grew up Oklahoman, and uh, dad was an agronomist, so farming, corn, soybeans, wheat, I grew up in that type of hauling hay as a high school kid, so I really wanted to do agriculture. That's really what I wanted to do, so ag was the whole thing. I wanted to follow in Walter Reek and Charlie Reek's. Uh, footsteps in my mm-hmm. grandfather but agriculture collapsed I'm in my mid-50s now so back in those days when I was in high school and college agriculture collapsed I mean not, not just collapsed it it fell into pieces so 
the closest thing to agriculture was horticulture. And um, there was a professor at my little college um, I was at, and uh, and she, I said, is there anything to do with this horticulture thing? And she taught me. She said, yeah, it's loaded. Where, where do you want to go to work? I said, well, she showed me the Dallas Back in those days, we used a newspaper. She showed me the Dallas Morning Star or something like that, and it was loaded with jobs, superintendent jobs, greenhouse jobs, landscapers. It was just exploding. This was the late, uh, excuse me, not late. It was the uh, mid, mid-1980s. And I said, wow. And so uh, I got interested in the greenhouse world is actually what I got interested in, not even landscaping or lawn care. I, I wanted to be in the greenhouse world. So I went to, got started my degree there, and I went to work for Desert Garden Greenhouse in Elgin, Oklahoma, believe it or not. The greenhouse. And uh, real quick, so what were, what was your dad doing at the time? He was a professor at the professor. university teaching agronomy. Okay. And so I got a degree in, I got a degree in horticulture. Actually, I was a sophomore back then. Okay. I changed degrees, so I got a degree in horticulture and a minor in chemistry. Okay. But I took a summer job at Desert Garden Greenhouse because my dad said, hey, I don't know anything about flowers, buddy. Mm-hmm. You better learn on your own because I can't help you. I know all about farming worldwide, but I don't know anything about this. Did he care? Was he was he mad that he you did something mad, else? He was mad, always upset as can be. Uh, I played baseball, too, for the little university, and they thought I, the sissies were in horticulture. So I was, <laughs> it was all kinds of fun things where I was. Uh, they put me in the little – college newspaper watering flowers one day and uh, i was upset about that to be on the front cover of the little college <laughs> newspaper watering flowers i've never heard that one i know i know tell tell them the story um just to give a little background of like how big they were in ag in the chemical side when uh tell the story about when uh walt and your dad were fighting yeah i was probably you your mom 11 came in. 12 years old dad was a researcher for the university of kentucky and uh, we took a little week off and went to St. Louis. And, and um, we were in a downtown St. Louis hotel. They were making presentations for the chemical world. Walter was with Monsanto. My dad was at the University of Kentucky. But they were all at the same convention. And a guy comes down the hallway. We hear these two kind of arguing. And we don't know what's going on in behind the curtain because me and my mom and my brother were walking around the hotel. And they said, oh, it's, nothing's going on back there. So man, it's loud in there. My mom was asking. And. I don't know, these two knucklehead brothers are in there arguing. And it was funny that my <laughs> uncle and dad were arguing at a <laughs> National Agriculture Chemical Convention in St. Louis. But Just right there on stage. Very loud. Oh, they were so loud, both of them extremely loud. I'm loud, too, but they were extremely loud, too. Rolling thunder, they call you? RT, that's it. <laughs> so, uh, RT. But, yeah, they it's it's loud part of our life. So, uh, it's, uh, but yeah, the chemical business was big. Dad's traveled the world for it before he passed away. And same with Walter. They both traveled the world with ag chemicals. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't even grow up in the U.S. thinking of, in I, we, we thought of worldly things, not even the U.S. things at times because of what they did. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. It was cool. Like, I mean, coming into the family and, and seeing you guys and, and being able to hang out with Walt and, and see the, the whole reek side. One thing that always stands out to me and I look up to you guys for is how much, uh, work ethic was a big part of everything, you know, and it, it even, uh, 
Walt got talked about with how energetic he was, and that's how like you're you're always like, hey, let's go, let's go ride horses. Hey, let's go do this. If if you're not working, we're doing something else. And Matt always loved telling that story of when uh, Walter, your uncle, it was just like a casual Sunday, and they're sitting on the couch, and Walt says, hey, we're gonna go, <laughs> we're gonna go burn the field or. Uh, <laughs> clean it up a little bit yeah. and he lit it and Matt just said <laughs> two seconds later they're grabbing wet towels trying to beat it put it out but that's just uh like the mental image yeah, I have whenever I think it. of the reek side exactly 90 to nothing and go and it, it, if you're it, not doing something like why doing, not yes, like why aren't why we doing are, something yes why are we sitting around here it's just crazy you're not allowed to sit and um <laughs> so yeah we never grew up having to People always in and out of the house, uh, you said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Run, go home to I, baseball was my one sport, and I'd run home from baseball practice and have to, you know, uh, try to, you know, change clothes and go back to farming or going back to doing something. So, yeah, we didn't have a – didn't even know any different. We just went <laughs> fast as we could. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. So, yeah. well, tell tell us now. So, you, you left off before I cut you off at the greenhouse. So, you're at the greenhouse – did you like it? Did you hate loved it? Was it. that your springboard? Absolutely loved it. Loved the greenhouse. Uh, the owners and family was a good house. We had probably seven, eight greenhouses. Uh, uh, I I was the only guy there. Kind of interesting. Uh, lots of uh, ladies there working part-time. And mostly annual production, vegetable production. And I'd go out there at 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning trying to spray white flies and mealy bugs. And they, I'd traveling uh, up and down the middle of the greenhouse hoops trying to put flats up on the top of this little four-inch pipe about halfway falling down it was i was the only young college punk there and they were wearing me out oh my gosh it was hilarious 14 women bossing me around and um but it's good experience it just the only problem with greenhouse for all of you in this call that and that was not necessarily true anymore but back then it paid poorly and so I went from the greenhouse side. I left after a year or so after I graduated and had uh, re turf, re turf and landscape. Had that for a while. Was, was, got married and had that for a little while. And it did okay. Oklahoma was in a tough spot. It, it didn't do that well as a business. I really liked the landscape side, it, doing installs. How long did you do that for? Just three years, four okay. years before your wife was born. And we, um, I took a chance. Um, you know, took a chance and, and took a job back to Kentucky where dad had taught school early in my early part of my life. I took a chance and went back to Lexington. So that was part of it. And, um, I, actually I, I missed one piece. The, the one piece I did, um, I, there was two little small parts, did, did an internship for Monsanto. That, that mm-hmm. was on the ag side for, with Walter. And then I did the, um, the, probably the most exciting part I ever did was, uh, I did some work with sodium azide in Cali, Columbia, South America. So I was down there half a year before I got married. So uh, that was a real good experience and um, got to work down there together with uh, the PPG Industries. So that was a great experience for me and learned a lot about putting out research plots and working. But that was all that was all um, on soybeans and corn for nematicide. So sodium azide was a – I would dress up – talk about chemicals um, – guys out on this call or out here in, in the world listening to this i had to put out sodium azide in a white suit goggles rubber gloves because the ld50 was i think it was 50 dermal and five oral and 
So what oh I meant gosh. was it, it hurt you. <laughs> it really hurt you. <laughs> so uh, I had to. I had like to, the hazmat it, suit on. Oh, yeah. It's crazy. Absolutely. The MSD is she. I think that would like be a, cool for you to explain, too. I know we want to do like chemicals and products on a different one, but you said LD50. I thought that was really cool when you explained, uh, Brett came into green again and explained LD50. And remember when you talked about glyphosate and Roundup yeah. and the difference between that and salt and pepper? We've got, we've got all kinds of fun ones left to do with chemicals one day. We got a, I got a million stories there too, but yeah, the safety of it and what they've done with it. Some are safe, some, whatever the word safe means anymore, chemicals get a bad name. So yeah, glyphosate really does. And glyphosate's a, you know, uh, an interesting molecule that blocks sunlight, so it doesn't really even cause like a true death like we used to think. So, um, you know, it's an interesting molecule that r- really works well and blocks sunlight, so doesn't have any much effect. Although in public public world, it, it's getting all kinds of publicity that getting bombarded. Yeah, getting bombarded because it's the number one product in the world. So, so you did you did your internships, and then you ran. Your own company for a yep, few years, yep, right? Yep. Then I and, went to Lexington. then why did you go back to the chemical side? Well, I guess you went to Lexington yeah, for Lexington, what? I took a chance, young twenties guy. Um, went to work for Hill and Meyer Nursery. They had a. I wanted to learn more than I could. They had. I had a several offers in Lexington, and uh, Hill and Meyer was the biggest company. They had a, just under three hundred employees, and I, you know, wanted to learn more about things I didn't know about. So mm-hmm. that's where I got into heavier lawn care applications. I did. I tried to, I did, I was a certif, I did all, I did, I took every certification I could in Lexington. I think I was a certified applicator, certified nurseryman, certified greenhouse. I did every, I took them all. So you I couldn't took, go anymore. I yeah. took them all. I took every one of them in Lexington. Yeah. I thought that was the right thing to do, but, yep. uh, so I took every one of them and, uh, that was, that was a lot of fun. And it's cool. It was cool. So then what, what next after that? Lexington, um, had two children born. And so I was broke and, um, I had, to, I had to, now that I had two kids, I was really broke. And so I had to get a move up in management. Hill and Meyer at the time wasn't quite ready for me as a manager, as a young guy. And so I took a job with barefoot grass, evergreen lawns in St. Louis and became a, ran a small location in St. Louis and then became a, a Western regional manager for barefoot grass. Uh, were you like, I guess one. They were the first one to put me in the airplane. Why were you so willing to move? Like, why do you feel like, I don't know, people my age are so reluctant to move? Yeah. And then back back in what seems like your day, like my dad moved around a lot. Sounds like you moved around a lot. Like, why was that? And then I, what's I, changed? I, no, no matter what, most people don't. Even to even back when I was there, no one moved really. I can't remember. Well, why? Why would you say you did it? Because. You, the only way to expand your knowledge is to from an, in an industry is to move. You have to keep moving and shaking and see different things of it. So, hmm. um, those of you that own companies, you're you're gonna you're, you're probably never gonna move. Listen to this call, but some of you out there listening, you know, if there was a job opening up in Dallas or Houston or Boston, I would tell anybody to try to take it. They're, usually, they're scared. Yeah, most of the time, everyone's just scared. Yeah. Um, Alyssa and Brianna, two of my daughters, one's moved to Nashville, one's moved to Houston. And I know they they were scared when they did it, but it, it's still a good experience. Mm-hmm. I was lucky and traveled with some different strange places because of my background and dad's background. So that helped me be a little less calm. 
or, yeah. or less or more calm about it that it wasn't the biggest fear. So, but some people live ten miles from where they were born. Most of them do. So that that's that's and, and limiting. And the girls were young and yes. probably a little easier. Um, I'm sure I, I, I won't move now, you yeah. know, living yeah. in Kansas city, I won't move now, but, but there's, there's a lot of things that change that you get, you get more comfortable the older you get to. So you got to do it when you're early and do it when you're young. It seems to be better timing. So now at, uh, Hill and Meyer, you have how many, how many years of experience right now? Like you're, you're still pretty young. But yeah. Three years, three years, maybe three and three, maybe six total. Six total. Yeah. Yeah. Six total. And then, and, uh, so barefoot grass, Evergreen Lawns took a chance on me, moved me to St. Louis, and um, ran some guys. I was too young to be a manager even then, but I took it over, and and then. Um, and that was your first taste of like corporate world, corporate world, yeah. and and like applications, right? Yeah, heavy applications, heavy production, working all day, selling all night. I'd get in at six in the morning and come home at nine at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were we would. We back then we'd run leads and man it was crazy. We had about thirty five thousand accounts in St. Louis um, for lawn care, tree care accounts. It was just craziness back then. It was just crazy. Four locations, two K. You know, we had two locations in Kansas City, and it just kept growing and growing. And I just kept every time they say, "Would you like? Would you help with this city or that city?" And I kept saying yes. <laughs> And I shouldn't have said yes so many times because then I ended up with, I don't know how many locations, 22, I think, by the end of my barefoot years. Man. And so they would I'd go to each location, basically one location, whether 52 weeks in a year. And so I'd by 40, that's when I started the 40-week-a-year, I called it. I'd, I'd go to each on location. The road. On the road. For, yeah, 40 weeks a year from anywhere from Kansas City to Portland, Oregon, to Seattle. Wow. Wow. It's craziness. Yeah, a lot of it was fun, but you know, it's still crazy at times. Some I miss some things being hitting the road that hard, but I learned a lot too. And we were publicly traded, so we were we were quarterly earnings. That's a different molecule because you are model because you're you have to have a better quarter than last. A lot of pressure mm-hmm. on you. So I didn't know that. That was that was very interesting to be like who like a, a private equity or something. Nasdaq. We were on Nasdaq. Yeah, we were traded, and that was that was when True Green bought us that the first time. So oh yeah, so that that's the first time. So you were there how long before True Green bought you? Ninety three to ninety seven, I think. Okay. And then, okay. And then I moved to Kansas City after the buyout. Okay. Okay. Are there still are are there people that you still like talk to from? Uh, what was Barefoot? Oh yeah, Dana Irwin good friend of mine still dana Irwin works for another big lawn care company who's about 10 lo- 10 locations um and so dana and his group they're still i know them all they're i, I still see them on linkedin they're all <laughs> over the country um you know they're everywhere the these lawn jockeys never quit they're all over the place i know every one of them around the united states they've been bought out and changed um so that even, was even the, even this morning. I'm on a conference call with Save a Tree, Save a Lawn this morning. So that's uh, cool. It never ends. That's cool. So bought out by True Green, and then what? Did you did you stay or did you did you no, roll? Took up? took the you know because you you know we're regional director, so you had a nice buyout. And yep. I, I thought I was rich, you know, for five seconds. I, wa- <laughs> I wasn't, but I yeah. thought I was. And um, we bought a house in Kansas City and Helena. Became went to work for distribution, which was a new change for me. That was really strange. I thought I'd stay in lawn care forever, but 
Helena needed some help, and I met a guy in Denver, Colorado, one of my trips, and he said, you ought to look at doing this side of the business, chemical, fertilizer, seed sales. Hmm. I said, I don't know if I can do that or not, and called my dad and told him that Helena was hiring this turf division, and I, I took a chance, and way over my head. I was That was crazy, but... So what does that mean to our listeners? So Helena Chemical is a distributor of products. Yeah, they're like Site One, the Lesco World, okay. the, all the people that you buy chemicals from. Okay. Helena is a competitor of all those. There's there's eight or ten national companies in the world. Okay. And so um, Helena was one of those. And so um, I, I... So what say, would you say, like say a guy's out there that wants to one day sell his company... Or just get out and get into the world that you're in. Like, how did you go from barefoot grass as like just entry level to working your way up to getting a buyout to now like actually getting the job at Helena? Like, what would you say? Like a couple, couple things that stood out to you that you would do different than other people? Yeah, what I it probably when if the, if you if you got a if you're a small crew out there and someone buys you out and you want a next job. Um, distribution's a possibility. There's sales is tough um, because there's always a job opening. There's always someone failing because sales is sales is a difficult model for anybody, no matter what side you're on, because you have to be selling and mm-hmm. and it's it's very judgmental. It's a number and it either it doesn't lie. It only yeah. you either have sales. You won or you, or you lost. You either won or lost. So sales are tough. So um, that's why I always laugh at marketing people because selling's you don't marketing gets to be fluffy and I they get to just play in sales. You have a number. And so, uh, they're always getting hired and fired. So selling it is plenty of opportunity. And most companies like site one and Helena and whoever else, your regional companies, a uh, Harold's, a uh, Howard's distribution around the world, John Deere, they're hiring people that have, have used the product. So those mm-hmm. are great places to start. Yeah. You just, and then you, you have to go as fast as you can. You yeah. have to go and, see as many people as you can and um, learn learn it that way and and find good mentors. That's cool. One thing that I'll, I'll add to it for our listeners, since you don't want to brag on yourself, but one thing that's always stood out to me, and you, maybe you don't even know it, maybe it's just like the, the reek side of your family coming out, but it's like you're always, you're always on with, with other people and not like in a, fake way but I just feel like you you always do a really good job of whoever you're with you really help them out and whatever that means it means it it could mean like painting the side of their house or it could mean putting together an entire chemical program for somebody across the country that you know it probably doesn't even like it's not like you're getting paid for that you know and and when you helped me out I mean obviously you want your daughter to have food on the table but you were bad at it too (laughs) I was bad at it. You were really bad at it. <laughs> but I'm I'm just trying to trying to let probably people the know. farmer in me. Probably yeah. the farmer, you know, Charlie Reek, Walter Reek, you're not allowed to brag. And so you have to the farmers aren't you know, they never have any money. Times are tough, right? Every farmer's the same way. That's probably But where you the have heri- like a ripple effect, like heritage. Whoever you, you see, do. you help. And that person remembers you. Sure. And yes, you're loud, but you also like you command a room because I feel like you 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 do a really good job of like actually talking to somebody and caring about them and I know we were talking about this a few weeks ago with you know one in regards to one of your old friends but like you just you seem like you really care about the other person 
um, you're outgoing and I'm just trying to picture like what can, what can some of these young guys that, you know, networking is not really a thing and, and right. chamber of commerce one day may not exist. And, Doesn't but I think matter. it's like a lost art. It will, well, here, one thing that happens to everyone is, especially if you live a lifetime, those people will always come back to you. You know, Dana Irwin hired me twice, right? He hired me twice. You know, you don't mm. think of those things or that something will happen where you need advice or help. Those yeah. things come around 20 times. And the one part that I don't, I don't remember who told me it was maybe it was Don Breeze or, or maybe it was Dana Irwin or Buddy Reed or whoever it was, one of my, some of my better people. Maybe it was Walter or Charlie. I don't know. You're always being watched. Hmm. You're always being watched. And so if, if you don't ever have to, you don't, you don't, you know, my girls and you, you watch me every five seconds. Mm -hmm. And so if, if I don't do something the right way, you catch it. Yeah. And uh, so that's the best way. So yeah, I can call anybody anywhere. Plus for me being on the road 30, 40 weeks a year, except now under COVID I'm not, but normally I am. So th people judge me because they only see me, you know, two, three times a year. So I have to be on, I yeah. have to be genuine because if I'm not, it'll, 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 it'll just fade fast and that's not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is another thing that I don't think people realize, you know, they, everybody in, in our industry knows the GIE Expo, but when they come by your booth, like that's, that's your 10 seconds right there to make an impact. And so if you're grumpy or even though you've been standing for 11 hours, that last person that comes by could be, you know, somebody that you really need to help out sure. or, and you are, you're going to get judged in those 10 seconds. That's it. That's all you get. You know, it's just, uh, you've got to, my wife, poor lady's putting up with me all these years. Good grief. <laughs> um, I have to be on, on top of it to, to keep moving. Dana Reek is a great lady. She has to, she has to put up with all of my stuff. <laughs> um, but everybody, right. You, you've got to be on and you have to be, and it might, it always comes back in your favor. Yeah always comes back in your favor more i believe that more than ever now it just my goodness anything you do it'll come back to you a hundred hundredfold yeah and it, it, it's crazy like i've uh now being around a little bit like i see it play out when there was a transition for you you know there's three to five job offers within the week when they hear hey hey brett's available this happened and i think that uh speaks highly right. to you yeah you you want to be a, that one they call and yep. recruit or want something and it doesn't have to be even if you own a company or you're a manager of it or whatever it is you want them to have that value in you you know yep. you want to you want to push them not yep. the other way around if, if they're having to push you it, it doesn't work <laughs> i wear my bosses out now i don't do i don't let them wear me out i wear them out and so that's the best way to have it you yep. just create stuff well, that's where the rolling thunder comes in. That's where RT comes I don't think in. people yeah. realize when we first started how much you would ask me, you know, how many door knocks did you do? How many sales did you do? And then yeah. I, I don't remember what the number was, but I think it, it you said, enough. hey, at, at 200 clients, I'll leave you alone. And then 1,000 clients, I'll leave you alone. And then I don't think you're going to stop leaving us alone. No, no, no. It's a waste <laughs> of time. You can't stop growing in your businesses or in your personal life. You can't do it. It's not. It's and not why is that? Why? Because people because get comfortable. Why? They, why can't not they even stop the growing? Comfort. It's that I've watched it too many times. I've been around a hundred, uh, hundreds and hundreds of accounts. Mm -hmm. And if they, if they, if they're flat mm -hmm. in their life or in their business, then the employees and the people around them die too. Yeah. yeah. So you can't, you can't just stay the same. It just yeah. you have to change and 
adapt or you just you don't make it yeah. i see it over and over again it just it doesn't work it never will mm -hmm. and so if you're going to get flat and just stay with it probably better because you'll shrink away because you just you might as well you might as well sell your company if you're just going to do that or at least divert it yeah move into some other field or service or move into something more exciting or learn a new trade yeah. or learn something do something like that so there's no flat no. You're either you're either going backwards or you're Ugh. going forwards. It's awful. It's awful. You can't do it. It'll just and everyone around you, especially for your employees, they can't do it. You cannot do that because you'll they'll get stale too. Man, that's cool. Um, I forget where we left off. I got I got you off track on your story a little bit. Hel uh, Helena. So Helena, go go back to Helena. Yeah, you Helena, took the job at Helena. Took the job at Helena. Had I had uh, Kansas City, Omaha, and De Denver's responsibility, and then. Um, Helena was expanding really heavily, and they gave me the north and west, stuck me in an airplane again, and started hiring sales reps around the country. Um, and Was uh, that your first big jump into traveling? No, it was a second because Barefoot, Barefoot was still yeah, sending you they, into They were sending me everywhere. Okay. So 93 is when I really got in the airplane heavily. And so um, then, then Helena stuck me in the airplane running all over hiring folks. Man. Um, and you were still traveling like 40 weeks out of the oh, year, you think? it was nuts. Yes, it was crazy. Helena was crazy because we were hiring so many people back then mm. um, from, you know, New Jersey to Las Vegas to Phoenix. to Wow. It was just nuts. We were, we were ripping and running for sure. And um, I thought I was doing real well. My boss would call him and say, well, better go you, you you only got five you better get five more it's like good grief how fast <laughs> do i gotta go it was fun and then i became then i hell and i got an offer for uh cleary chemical and became the sales manager for another chemical company which is 3336 and that was a basic manufacturing job that was really good it was out of dayton new jersey an old old family company hmm. and um i had 15 sales reps that i managed for cleary chemical and that was great because that got me heavier Helena got me into not just lawn care, greenhouse production, landscaping, but Helena got me into golf more focused because I never really had a golf background. But then when I got to Cleary Chemical, it was heavy golf, heavy fungicides, hmm. and um, got to do some stuff with Japanese when we worked on TriStar and endorsed fungicides. So I got to work with some Japanese chemical companies. So that gave me some other good experience working with those people. And yeah. you were you were you still in Kansas City with I was Cleary? In Kansas City, but but the, just the traveling like crazy. Yeah, traveling like crazy. And the corporate office was in Dayton, New Jersey. Okay, great, great family, the Cleary family, and um, and then they sold to New Farm Chemical Company, hmm. and um, and so that was an interesting time frame, and uh, went to work for Quali Pro Chemical Company. As so when age. they got bought out, did you leave again? Oh sure, yeah, okay, went, yeah, went to went to Quali Pro Chemical Company. And then went to work for them with generic format of chemistries. That was a really great experience. Had some great people, Quali Pro and Controlled Solutions, some outstanding folks there. They dominate today the pest control market hmm. uh, around the world. So most of the time when you're buying pest control products around the world, um, uh, Quali Pro and Controlled Solutions really does a good job there in the pest PCO market. And they do a very good job in the lawn care market too and uh golf markets with generic chemistries because there's so many products that are generic. where, where are they where are they out of aren't they like yeah they're overseas yeah you know, they they were t you know tel aviv israel okay which is yeah that's was the basic corporation i never got to go so frustrated i never got to go um and then uh, but now they're 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 actually owned by 
Adama, 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 I call it. Mm-hmm. And they, but Control Solutions is out of Houston, Texas, is where the U.S. headquarters is. Yeah. And they, they do a great job. That's cool. So that's when I met you, was when you were at Quali Pro. Yeah. And then I got an offer back from those same guys. I didn't, I didn't want to leave Quali Pro. They was really enjoying it there. And, uh, but I got this crazy offer to go to work for Scott's Lawn Service again from the same guys. And they gave me the West Regional job. Um, Scotch was doing very well. I promise you they'll never sell. I've, I've told you too many stories about selling already. I said, I'll, I'll do this. I hate leaving it, but I, I'll do it. And they had, you don't have to move. You can stay in Kansas City. We had probably, I don't know, we had, I don't know, less than 12,000 accounts in Kansas City. And, and then you can have all the West. So I, I took that job back. I loved working for Dana Irwin. I got two Danas in my life, Dana Irwin and Dana Reek. Oh, I forgot. Dana, so Dana Irwin yeah. offered you that job. Yeah, and I, so I, I forgot about it. that. I left Quali Pro and went to work for Scott's again because I thought this will be where I end my career at Scott's. And, of course, they sold. So, uh, <laughs> But that would tick me off. So True Green Kimlon bought us all out for – I forgot what they – the first time I got bought out with Barefoot Grass was $165 million, And then True Green bought us out for, I don't know, what it was, $380 million or some weird number like that. Mm-hmm. And um, Scott's went into the – It'll be something funny. Scott sold that $380 million division to go into the marijuana business. So uh, thank you, Mr. Hagedorn. Did they really? Yeah. So they, they used that $380 million to buy all those, um, help their debt load and to get heavier, heavier into the marijuana business. Really? Yeah. Hemp. Or what's hemp, the, yeah. Hemp. hemp. Uh, cannabis, yeah. Can, hemp, I get cannabis, all my, I get, get my CBD. Yeah, get all my CBD oils done. And they don't do anything with it, but they sell the lighting soils, yep. irrigation, they do all that kind of stuff with it. Yep. So Mr. Hagedorn um, wanted to go big into it. So hmm. Big was, into the cannabis. I didn't know that. Yeah, and then and then I get a phone call that they hear I'm True Green's bought me out again. I get this crazy phone call from another company, PBI Gordon, another chemical company, all you guys on this call, Trimex and Speed Zones and Q4, oh, yeah. all the T's, all those products, and I became the – Eastern sales manager for PBI Gordon, where I'm at today. Yep, yep. Yeah, I bet you 90% of the people listening to this, if they spray, they've sprayed Trimac or they've sprayed Q4. Yeah, exactly. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, so I chase all those chemicals. That was fun. That yep. was fun. Well, cool. So yep. got a got a good feel for your story. So, I mean, what uh, what next? What what are you what are you currently doing for for PBI, and what do you want our listeners to to get a grasp for what you do at PBI Gordon and what's kind of on the on the horizon yeah, with that. Yeah, there's new products like Vexus, and there's some new things coming down the pike. We can get into all the chemicals maybe on another call since there's so much happening yep. on the chemical industry. There's so many changes coming. Um, but um, most of the time, lawn care, golf, uh, we don't do a lot as much as greenhouse nursery production, but I'm with every lawn care company around the – lawn care and golf course company around the world we try around the u.s we try to meet and visit with and try to give them products the one thing that everyone's fighting that we try to help them with is labor yeah everybody's in a just a world of hurt golf courses that have 15 employees now are using nine some lawn care guy have lost five employees and now they got you know, mm-hmm. we talked about it with save a tree this morning you know, they're in you know, labor's an issue left and right yep. everybody's trying to use speed you know yep. ride on equipment chemicals anything to save a an inch of time of for frame so mm-hmm. that's what every company's trying to find 
we used to try to worry about what it costs per square foot. Now we're trying to figure out how fast we can get there and how long will it last. Now yep. it's it's the total opposite of what we used to be thinking. Yep, yep. Yeah, that is interesting. I know uh, a lot of a lot of the guys across the country are struggling just with, not with COVID necessarily, but with unemployment and, you know, some segments of the labor market, people just being lazy and, and need to uh, stop collecting the unemployment yeah, and get, exactly. get back out there. Yeah. So I know, I know that's hurting a lot of, a lot of LCOs. Um, I think it'd be funny for you to share like whatever story you want. I'll, I'll share a couple first, but um, when I first met Brett, he was wearing a, so you got to picture this. Like I'm, I'm in college. I come home hanging out with his daughter and, uh, go to shake his hand. And he just kind of stares at me for a second, but he's in, he's kind of a towering man in, in a, in a, in a presence. And he's wearing this black leather jacket with this black hat and he's got it pulled down and he looks like Liam Neeson from, uh, what's that movie from taken <laughs> from taken. I'm like, man, this guy is going to, He's going to karate chop me right here. And uh, I don't remember which. I honestly, after I, that, I kind of glazed over. I don't remember anything after yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You just shook my hand and about broke it. And then the other story I want to share. Oh, no, but I was. I, I told like four or five really good zinger jokes. No, you didn't. You were, <laughs> you were stoic. Yeah. Didn't, didn't say a word. They weren't funny. Didn't they, say they a word. They weren't funny. You thought they were. Dana Reek laughed, but I wasn't going to laugh. Yeah, the only thing that saved me is when we went to Bree's volleyball game, Dana ran up the stairs and uh, hugged me. And then that next night, she bought me a pair of duck hunting waders. And I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah, you, you, you have three daughters. Brett Reek has three. I have three daughters. <laughs> The, the guys are worthless to me. They mean nothing to me. I don't care about them. I could care less. I was and, so mad at you until Remy and Sage came along. That's right. And then, then you were in my Now camp. I completely. You get it, man. I completely you get it. Get it. I, the, the next story is, so you were you were working with Quali Pro, and you had your home office there, and I was coming to uh, ask for Brooke's hand in marriage. And yes. at that time, I was actually mowing and working for Farmers Insurance, I think I had like a tie on. Like yeah. I dressed up a little bit for you it. Were just, you came in and like you were all nervous. and you were just, I was sweating. You were sweating. You had your My nervous. upper like, lip was what is wrong sweating profusely. You, you're like, you're adjusting your tie 20 times. I'm like, what is wrong with him? He's bouncing around. And and I thought, what does he want? He wants something. And I did not expect you to I didn't know if that. I was going to do it that day. I was so I, nervous. Yeah, you were just twisting and turning. And I thought, golly, is he going to tell me he's moving or something? Or he's... <laughs> Shot is she shot somebody? I don't know what. And then when you asked me that, I went, "Oh, that's why he's not now." I get it. I thought, "Holy cow!" And so, uh, yeah, I knew. And then you gave me a speech, and I started making a sandwich. And I, yeah, no, you didn't say yes. I didn't say yes. I gave you a speech, and then then you said, "I got to get something." I said, "Well, Britt, don't I have to say yes?" crap yeah, i guess you and i said i did say yes oh my god one did it at a coffee shop one did it at my house and then one did it at a sandwich shop so i had three of you who did it at a sandwich shop nathan oh okay yeah so nathan and i tyler figured tyler tyler coffee, coffee. Yeah, yeah tyler i didn't coffee. know oh man yeah so so that was it the best part was the day you guys came and asked about especially for you got everyone listening on this call so Britt. uh probably i don't know what what year it was we had, we hadn't moved our new place but he came in and you said hey uh, we want to talk to you about something oh great what do they want now and uh talked and i they said hey we're gonna 
we're going to go heavy into our own business. And, you know, can you, you know, give us some help or advice? And, and I remember saying no to you. No, I'm not going to give you any help. And, um, and I, I said, I want you to talk to your mom and dad first because I don't want to be the person that makes you, you know, you're, you're both college degrees. You can go and work for a living. Mm-hmm. And so you did. You went and talked to your mom and dad. And we talked about business. And you were, you were heavier into mowing. There's a lot of you out there today that are mowing. Yep. And uh, mowing's a good business, but um, it's a tough business, and it's not not as profitable as being technical. Mm-hmm. And so I asked you to be more technical, and no matter what you did, I didn't care what it was, but I would help you as long as you did a business that was very specific and very technical, whether that was spraying or irrigation or tree care, lawn care. I don't care what it is, but you. you and that was the first time I'd heard that. So yeah. why 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 is that so important? Because you you can't can't be a commodity mowing's a commodity so unless you do something unique with mowing you'll die so you 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 have to be unique um with a business model so you just i would encourage everybody that's out there mowing today to make sure they have something technical to go along with it Mm -hmm. and um and i don't care even in whatever you're doing you need to be you know somewhat separate yourself among whatever thing you're doing separate and um, and uh, it it it'll make your life easier. It's more profitable. It's it's more lo- it's very longevity driven. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Yeah, which is hard to do. And I think uh, I think it's like uh, at least at least for me, I'm trying to think back to what it was like. But it was like very much like fear of the unknown. It's all I remember fear. the first time I filled my tank up. And I'm just like, dude, he could be playing the biggest joke on me of all time. I don't know what this is. I don't know what I'm actually spraying, but it is. It's like, it's fear of the unknown. Yeah. And the first time it should be. Yeah. It's always is. Yeah. Yep. Then after the first time, then it's, oh, and then the second time and then third time it's over. Yeah. So it, it doesn't matter. You, you're, you're a whiz on machinery. You, you can whip around in any machinery you want to yep. because you're comfortable with it. Yep. And, um, some people aren't. Yeah. Same thing. I'm comfortable around every chemistry in the world. I don't care what it is because I've been doing it for so long. But uh, the same thing. After you get over it, you're fine. Yeah. Absolutely. Two seconds. I was scared to death to go to work for Helena because um, I didn't know all the different aspects of seed, fertilizer, chemical selling, golf, because golf in the – and then I then I went from golf to – golf was, was fantastic. Then I go to work for Cleary. So – as soon as you get over that first hump, then you can do anything. Yeah. That technical, I, that's that's really good advice, and I feel like your story kind of plays that out too. You you started at the greenhouse. You learned as much as you could, went to the next spot, learned as much as you could. By the time you got to barefoot, you even said you got every certification you could. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like you naturally did that, but um, most guys might not think about it. And, and I think too, like at the time when you're young – you just see cash in the door, right? You don't know how much profit you're making. Most mowing guys that just have 40 mowing accounts can't tell you how much profit they're making. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not much. Do you remember what, uh, right before you started helping me, you asked a guy like, Hey, I've got a, I've got a, a kid that wants to start a business. What should I tell him? And he, he asked you like three things. He was like, is he hardworking? Is he athletic? And it was one other thing. Do you, do you remember talking to that guy who that was? 
And yeah, what he I said, just I just said, hey, if he if he's going to do it, I said make sure he can, you know, he's because it's going to take so much energy and time. Yeah. Besides the you know being athletic and what, because you can I don't care if you're a introvert mm-hmm. as long as you're busy and do it because you know there are some very wealthy introverts in the world. Yeah, and um, but you've got to be able to have to make it through those tough times. You got to have the wherewithal to find the answers. And, um, and in this business, especially most of the time in our business, we've had some analytical people become successful, but most of them, especially if the end user level, the lawn care, the, those guys are going 90 to nothing. Yeah. And so those have been the most successful ones. Uh, there's been some others that have done great things accounting wise Mm -hmm. and they can do that from a financial standpoint, but. Yeah. Most of them are hustling. They're running one, two, three, four, five trucks. I don't care if you're running 50 trucks like we were doing, you know, for Scotch or Barefoot in some of our locations. You, you, you've you got to have the wherewithal to keep it going because it's such a an intense business for 12 weeks of chaos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have 12 weeks of chaos, and and if you're in Florida, it never stops, but if you're in you're in chicago or kansas city you've got 12 weeks you got to make it happen and so uh, that that takes a lot of intensity yeah yeah and you can i mean you can talk about that more too like how how important those 12 weeks are i think a lot of new guys in the industry or or guys that have not grown top line maybe they don't maximize those 12 weeks and then i also thought it'd be cool we would have never went door to door if it wasn't for you you know yeah, it's not right. like i would have told myself Hey, I want to be a door-to-door salesman after having a college degree. So I thought that was interesting, and you you pushed us in that, um, like yeah, without physically no pushing it, it, you verbally pushed us I just into door were, knocking. I, it's for for door knocking mailers, I don't care what the marketing thing is. You got to go, yeah, because they can't find you. Yeah, no one can find you. You can't. Your name green again. There's a green this, green green. There's a thousand yeah. green. They didn't know who you are. Yeah. They, and so um, you've got to have something unique to find you, and the only way to find you is individually. Yeah. So I don't care what the the way you market, whether it's mail, door knocking, standing at somewhere to find you, flagging people down. I, I don't care. No one cares how a but a homeowner's a homeowner's not going to come chase you down. They're just not going to. Yeah. So yeah. you have to find a way to survive, and and you only and the homeowner's only going to make a decision in the spring. For mm-hmm. a for a market like you know from Washington D.C. to to Denver here in the central part of the U.S., you've got you've only got April and May, March, April, May to make it happen, or you're done. Yeah, yeah. They the season's over. Yeah, they're 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 moving on to something else. Yeah, yeah. Timing is not your friend in this business, so you have to. That's the problem is you've got to go fast and early. Mm-hmm. Um, make those downtimes of your friend and and so we'd love to sell in december january february in the snow but we no one seems to want to buy nobody cares nobody then. cares you know <laughs> that's why we all hang christmas lights or some companies hang christmas lights are trying to make revenue in the winter yep yep what what else what else can you tell tell our listeners for think about a guy who um trying to think what would add the most value to him maybe he doesn't Maybe he has like 10 lawn applications and he, he's just now starting out. 
Yeah. What would you tell him? So he's got he's got a decent mowing base. Uh, he's got a part time guy, and he's only got ten fertilizing accounts. Yeah, I would do every neighbor. I would I would market to every neighbor I have. Yeah. So I'd I'd take that ten and go to fifty. Yeah. Um, within try to do it as fast as you can. So do the lawn. And canvas the area. Canvas the neighbors only. Don't door knock the heck out of everybody. Yeah, don't don't go to twenty other places. That'll drive you nuts. But do all the neighbors of where you got those. Those ten. Everyone you have, and just tell everybody you've got it. Make lots of mistakes. Don't worry about it. Just yep. go crazy. Go to you know people like Helena's and Psych Ones and yeah all these different companies and and go talk to them about what you're tell them what you're doing. They'll help you. Yeah. They want their products out used right, so they'll they'll help you get it done right. There's so many good tools and opportunities. You guys have more than I did because I had to learn it. You know, I had to beg and plead to get mm-hmm. information. You guys can go on. Some of it's bad information because I've watched it online, but um, but there's plenty of people now that'll that'll help you work yeah. through it. Yeah. Um, and, and more and more companies are adding adding value you know site one has stuff i know pb Gordon. you can learn a lot just from reading yeah. all the info about the product on your website um shoot i just drew blank one of the things that you can tell is that you can fight you can find out as much as you can about products but always work through them don't don't believe me or you know whoever yeah. play with it yourself yeah. use it for yourself use it during different times make mistakes um, lawn care is is much easier to a certain degree than tree care, tree and shrub care. So lawn care, you know, you got six or seven different varieties and six or seven weeds and you know six or seven timings. And turf can be replaced. So I would say, if I was starting, I'd stay into turf first yep. and go to tree shrub yep. second. Irrigation, if you want to do irrigation in your lifetime, yep. mowing's the first entry, right? Everybody yep. wants to mow quickly because mm-hmm. you can don't seem to have to have anything but because it's the easiest entry it's also the least profitable you you all of you on this call can keep mowing but you have to think of other ways to become like i always told you technical and profitable yeah. and those kind of things and those are the hard ones those mm-hmm. are the um i challenge everybody do the harder stuff and a couple of years you'll you'll enjoy the hard ones yeah 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 the they, easier they, i like that separate. so the easier it is to get into it the yeah. less profitable it is it is and with all the it's kind of cool because you have like this wide variety of knowledge, but then you've also talked to a lot of small business owners. Like there's guys that do just what we do on the turf side and tree shrub and pest. There's guys that try to be one-stop shop. There's guys that do irrigation only design build out of the companies that you've seen. What would you say are the most like profitable and some of the best well-run companies, are they one-stop shops or, or do they like yeah, only do one thing? Maintenance is the toughest one. You guys can look, you know, uh, you know, it's, it's a, there's a huge company around the world, Brightview. They, they've, um, they do millions of dollars yeah. in revenue. And they actually and went public. They went public and, and you can look at their earnings. It's very tough. They have a tough time making earnings as big as they are. Um, and then a company, you know, um, like a, you know, some of the national companies like Weed Man and Lawn Doctor and, um, you know, some of those other companies that are chemical-based, they, they seem to make a little more margin. So the, the chemical companies, application chemicals, fertilizer companies do very well. So yeah. 
those are probably a little more. Doesn't guarantee it. Yeah, it's it's all hard. It's difficult to do, you know. But um, but it, it, the more technical they are, the more profits they make. Yeah. Um, and so it's just it's the fight's on, you know. Yeah. Talk about um, you you trained me up on this a lot in the beginning, but just every layer of service that you add within your niche. So if you spray lawns and then you add pest control, or you spray lawns and you aerate, or you spray lawns and you start to do mosquito control, just how how much more you retain that client. Yes. You know, your attrition is, is a lot better. The, the client, you know, when you if you have less, even a small number, if you have less than 100 accounts and you, you mow and maintain the shrubbery and you maintain their you know, flower beds and you do pre-emergent controls in their flower beds and you spray their lawn and then you take care of their mosquitoes and then you take care of something else, whatever that might be, you become their provider mm-hmm. and they hate to get rid of their provider. Now it's a bigger risk. You lose an account like that that's spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars with you a year yeah. or even thousands and thousands of dollars a year with you. But that, that customer trusts you yeah. uh, with their property, I call it. Even some of the national companies now are saying they're, they're outdoor maintenance. They're your outdoor provider, you yeah, know. Yeah. And uh, so I think that's kind of funny and interesting. We'll take care of everything but the doorbell. Yeah. And um, so, uh, yeah, those, those are outdoor providers. And that's where it's heading. I think there's going to be companies that just take care of the inside of the house. There's going to be companies that take care of the outside of the house. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and, and, and to, whenever you cancel one of those services – you either have to hire somebody else like that or you have to hire like six other people. Yeah, once they cancel, they'll cancel it all usually. That's the yep. risk, you know, but but at least. But it's they, really hard and painful for them, yeah, you know. They have, to, they have to do a lot. Oh, crud, I've got to get rid of, i got to get find somebody for everything if I get rid of these guys. Yeah. And so it makes you become more stuff. And, and it even puts pressure on you, which I like. That's self-internal yep. pressure. you got to take care of that customer because they're too, their value. Both of you have a lot at stake. Yeah. You can't, you can't take cancels. Yeah. That's the worst thing. Our industry's full of cancellations. Yeah. And we're always attrition. Watch your cancel rates. We always watch cancels. Watch what you're doing. Something you're doing wrong. Yeah. And uh, selling is too hard. It costs take a too much. You can't do cancels. One thing that you said to me that really like changed my life with cancels because I was the first two years I was just trying to learn. And sometimes I just had to tell the client like, hey, this is. I'm learning right along with you. Like I would lean on you for a lot. It's like, Hey, my father, I would use you as an excuse. My father-in-law got me into this. Let me ask him. But one thing that you said is I like started to learn and actually be able to give them feedback is half the battle is just showing up. You know, you can't be, you can't view it as a complaint. Nope. It is. It's just an opportunity to show up show them that you care. And that's what we still teach our team that today. It's like, yes, they're pissed, but every other company is going to either just let them be mad and take the easy way out or show up and not truly handle it properly. And even I made, I made the wrong recommendation on a football field. I made the channel five news one time. Cause I, I didn't even know I made the channel five news, but I, I recommended a product and I killed all the grass what I thought I was doing, I was killing the weeds, but I ended up making a recommendation. Well, I killed all the weeds and the grass. There was no turf underneath the property, mm. and the football players on Friday night were sliding in the mud, and, and um, they were complaining about how poor the property went. 
I got my butt chewed out because I made all the recommendations, but I learned a lot from it. I showed back up Monday, took my yep. beating, um, never did that again uh, in a sports turf situation. Yep. Um, a surface full of weeds is better than a surface full of mud. Yeah. And I learned my lesson, but I've learned my lesson to every time on those things. Yeah. Please show up. I don't care what you did wrong. If you're employee, I mean, I've got more crazy stories. Of, tell them, tell them about the, the, was it Utah or, uh, tell them about the guy. I'm not going to say what cities they all are. Yeah. Don't uh, say what city or what company, yeah, but tell, oh, tell about Brobo with the truck on the hill. Yeah, We've had, we've had trucks we had a truck roll down a hill into a house. And the hose, he's spraying, and the hose just gets yanked out of his yeah, hand. Yeah, <laughs> truck rolled into a house. I had one drinking too much alcohol, and the truck was parked in his home. Uh-huh. Um, one of those, let's see, I had one. Uh, I had one time several of my technicians were at a bad place, and I had to go find them and pull them out of a bad place at 1 in the afternoon. Um, you know. <laughs> Wasn't fights. it wasn't an Applebee's? It wasn't an Applebee's. <laughs> I've had I've had I've had just mountains of. He told me one guy was at the movies and somebody said, "Hey, why is one of your trucks at the theater?" Yeah, why are they at the movies? I've had just you know when you have when you have thousands of customers and hundreds of trucks running around there, you're, you, every day's a possibility for an accident or something to go wrong. Yeah. So you have to hold your breath. So that's part of it, right? Be safe. Go overboard on safety. Go overboard on accountability. Go overboard. I didn't have a GPS like tracking system to go find all these trucks. Yeah. Um, I had to count them up different ways. Um, people are honest, dishonesty. I've had all kinds of craziness with. So you've got to, you have to find ways to make sure they're doing a good job for you, and you have to do a good job for them. I didn't. I wasn't a big turnover guy. I yeah. I beat people in other regions around the country because my turnover was less. So I kept the guys around. I kept them energetic. Employees like to learn too. Yeah. And I made sure they were always learning something new. <clears throat> I had the lawn care guys learn tree shrub. I had the tree share guys learn lawn care. I brought stuff in. I taught one how to sell to make more money. I taught one salesman to do applications. Whatever the thing was, make it different because they want, they want some excitement too. You do 25 stops a day in lawn care. It's that's tough job, man. That's and that's gets not monotonous, but it can be monotonous at times. You're trying to be productive, yeah. And uh, that's that's hard to do, and uh, and that you driving them, and so you better make it exciting too, beyond just their paycheck. Yeah, yeah. Well, like talk a little bit more about that, because at Scott's, like, I'm just picturing. Well, I got two questions on this, but the first one is at Scott's, like, you're in an industry, like. They wanted you to grow, and from what I understood, again, you never, like, brag about yourself, but from what I understood, you you blew the sales goals out of the water, and they were already big, but you grew by a lot, right? Sure. Okay, so... Good run, yep. So, a guy out there that is in that situation, say there's somebody out there that is a general manager or a manager, and he's got he's got a decent-sized company already. What What can that guy do to stand out and make a huge impact in something that's already... Make, doing make, pretty good. Make the other people's transparency. Make them see each other, see what they're doing, share the idea. Okay. Um, we were pretty bad at it when I got there. Most of those locations, they were hiding stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to keep my secret for myself or my that. And if people don't like that, they, it doesn't work. They want to see everybody's doing everything. Uh, so the transparency helps. It, it, it can also hurt you. But if you keep it going and fun and make it energetic, the transparency helps. So if you've got five guys out every day and one's doing well and the other four stink, 
make the one guy transparent and show each other what they're doing. Yeah. And, um, or if you, you're by yourself in one truck, even make your own self transparent and try to improve on something during that week or day and look at back at it and review the weeks and the months and f- try to find out what caught that thing to improve that one item and take, cause that's, that's all it is. is the ideas bounce off each other. Yeah. Um, get them moving, get them thinking. What, like, what would you recommend? So I'm just picturing like at Scott's, you, you walk in the door and you've got, you know, you've obviously got a big weight on your shoulders because you have in the back of your mind your boss that wants you to hit a certain number, right? Yes. But then you also have the lowest man on the totem pole that is pushing towards that goal. I feel like you do a good job of balancing hanging out with the technicians and pouring into the technicians, and then you also have your team leader over here, and then you've got a guy that is solely in charge of all the sales reps, and then you got to touch base with accounting. and So there's all these pieces that you're it, it, juggling how do you go part, from the, the highest to the lowest is, the, is i call it the dirty work and so what i always did was in, in, in any of you can do it is just you get in the truck and do it mm-hmm. go spray with them go door, door knock with them go stand in the rain with them go work till nine at night with them yeah and and so if they they think you're a part of their life because it's the ones that hide i remember all the managers yeah they all got fired but i remember every one of them that would show up at, you know, whatever, some mid-afternoon and leave early, show up, you know, they died. All of them died. And so I can, I remember we hired a new manager in Fenton, Missouri, which is a suburb of St. Louis. We brought him down from St. Charles and he, he wouldn't get to work till nine, 10 o'clock in the morning. He's the big boss of one of the locations. And I just went to his office one day and I said, are you quitting? (laughs) He goes, what do you mean? I said, you don't do nothing. You leave, you come here at nine, 10 in the morning, you leave at three. I'm getting here at six and leaving at nine at night. I'm killing myself. And you're here working half the time. And he almost broke down crying. But I remember tell, asking him that because I was, he, he, he didn't have any respect for, we had, you know, we had a hundred people in that location yeah. and, um, and they were, and so we all had to cover for him. Yeah. And, um, and so the, and he ended up not making it. He was gone within a year. Yep. And, um, and so the, the guy who's making, you know, a dollar an hour and the guy's making a thousand dollars an hour, it really doesn't matter. They just all want to see you pitch it in and pull in together. So, yep. uh, if, and, and that's easy to pull. You, you can see that happening. You can, you can do that as long as you show up and, and be a part of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, because no one cares. They just, they, they're, they're worried about being, even the guy that, that, that's probably the best thing that you could do for any of them is the guy who is making $1 or the guy making a thousand. It doesn't matter. Teach the guy that's making a dollar to make five. Yeah. Help him out. Hey man, yeah. come on, you want more stuff? You know, let's, I'll, I'll, I'll help you yep. do this and this and man. And then as soon as he does it, as soon as he goes from one to five, I would put them in front of everybody. I forgot the guy's name. He was really a nice young man. And he, he just went crazy adding on different stuff. One of our best technicians, um, there in Kansas city branch. And, and we, 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 we took him everywhere, showed him everywhere and told him about what he did to his life. And guy got emotional in front of about 30 guys one time. And we did it again in Salt Lake city. We took another guy that was doing real well. I think we were in Ogden or Provo. I can't remember which location we were at, but, put him in front of the room and he goes, 
he's doing it. He's doing, look at this, you know, and, you know, and uh, those That's are the, awesome. those are the best when they elevate it, then no one has an excuse, right? Yeah. When, when, and, and then, and everyone wants some, I, I always, that's an HR thing when they talk about recognition and blah, yeah. blah, blah. But, yeah. but you can do it without having to put it in front of a leadership meeting. But yeah. just, just give them some recognition and tell them what they did well. And, and then the next guy goes, I'm going to do that now. Holy cow. Yeah. Did you feel like, um, is there was it ever hard with that many people that you felt like you wasted time on, on the wrong person? I know we're, uh, Tiago and a couple other guys were reading a John Maxwell book. He talked about like the 80-20 rule where you want to spend 80% of your time with the top 20% of the people. But like, did you ever worry like, oh, I'm wasting my time? Uh, uh, like, no, I tried you, to. I you tried can't to, change I didn't, people. Yeah, you can't change it. But, but I always did this. I always, I, I, oh, and, and you should, it's, it's no fun. It's absolutely the most painful thing. Um, get them somewhere quietly and go, you know, you're, I hope, and I, I would, <laughs> make fun of me probably like I didn't laugh at your jokes, but I would say you're doing poorly. What? I, you're doing poorly. Did I stutter? You know, and I do it quietly and I still do it today. I did it to one of my reps in up in the North one time, even with the company I'm with now. And, uh, it was another guy, but I said, you're doing poorly. And he's, you know, ha ha ha. And I went, no, I, I mean it. You know, everybody sees it. Yeah. And it hurts. Oh my gosh, it hurts. You know. Yeah. But at least it you've had it in the open. Mm-hmm. You're you know you get nervous about it and you don't like to do it and um, um, but you at least it's in the open. I expect the best out of you. I expect the best out of you. Mm-hmm. The rest of us, it's even worse for that when especially one of the I told that guy up north, a part of the country that he was doing poorly. And five people called me back, and he he told everybody. He Brett told me I was doing not doing well, and all five of them congratulated me, hmm. which was very strange because they hated that he got away with it. Yeah, yeah. So it helps you more ways than one when you you lift everybody up just a tad bit. Yeah. Um, and then he he got better. Yep. You know, he got yep. better, and okay, I'm embarrassed. Okay, I got lazy. I got, you know. I got, you know, whatever, casual about it. But you, you just see it over and over again. What a waste of time. And and uh, I, I don't do well with lazy. But uh, but I don't do well with that even for the other people to see it. It's not fair for you got six guys or six guys and six ladies on your team. And it's not fair for them to watch the one that's wasting your time. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you'll you'll be much more relieved. And so will they if they – they move on down if they move away or if they get better. One of the one of the two, it needs to happen. Yeah, yeah. And um, it's and, hard. To, uh, that's hard to do. And and the eighty twenty is is a fine word. I, I like that, but I don't even like that one. I don't even eighty. I like them all to be together. Forget eighty twenty. Let's all be better together. Forget. Let's do a hundred out of a hundred. You know. Let's all. I, I I wanted them all to do well. Yeah. And um, so that that's your that's your as the owner and the manager or even if it's your family, you know, let's mm-hmm. don't put up with the little, just a little bit of nonsense. That's not even, yeah. those are, ugh. Oh. Yeah. You've helped me with that a lot. And I feel like the last two years we grew quite a bit. Like the previous six years we were just learning and 
paying down debt and whatnot. But sure. with how quick we, we grew, we just, like, I personally, not we, I personally made a lot of mistakes hiring, and I personally made a lot of mistakes firing. But I think each time I get a little better because yeah. I'm more comfortable with it, and I learn something each time. And last year, just to your point, like, I was – I was just leaned way too much towards appreciation, like making sure the guys knew they were doing a good job, making sure they knew they were valued. We had a good place to work. And that is good. But then there was no, there was no accountability. And because of the accountability, I think I made just a uh, kind of an entitled or enabled them in a lot of things. And so when I did have to come down on them, it blew up quite a bit, Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot more than it should have if I would have just addressed it. And now after learning that, like Tiago and I, if there's something that him and I talk about with another guy, we've been handling that within 24 hours. Like we'll just, or that, like we'll just hop on a call. Yeah. Like, Hey Billy, we felt like you were doing X today. Maybe there's something going on at home, but this is what we were seeing. What's going on? Yeah. I think it's okay to just put your hands up and say like, what, what's going on? Explain yourself. Sometimes there are issues at home. Sometimes oh, yeah. it doesn't matter what it is. They've got financial problems. They got all, what I found is always matter. something at home. <laughs> like, <laughs> a lot of them are. Yeah. Always something at home. And yeah, yeah, they're exactly. not always going to tell you, but the more you ask, I think also like the guys come to our shop and they don't trust us at all. They think, okay, what is, what, what is he trying to pull? He doesn't really care. But then you ask again and you ask again. And after about six months, you know, one guy says, you know, oh, my mom has cancer. And that's what I'm going through. And so if I'm ever off, that's what it is. Or one guy says, like, I'm deeply in debt. Or it it is just a laundry list of things. But I think the point is you just, you keep, keep asking and keep caring. And, but it is hard. Like, if I'm honest, the first part of this season was like the hardest thing I've ever had to do. And just like dealing with people. And I'm sure it's like your kids, but like when you get let down and hurt, and somebody quits or you have to fire somebody or it goes really, really bad. It's, it's hard. Yeah. It, it sucks. You're going to have, you know, like you said, the accidents will happen and things will happen. And then, and in, like I said, family things happen and frustration and, um, you know, you, you, you never know what they are, you know, and, and you have to understand, you know, people even promised me stuff. When I moved, yeah. to, I moved to St. Louis that first time as a young guy, I hit a, I did a real good job that first year. My payout was horrible. I got a terrible payout, and I just I went home. I went home like at two thirty in the afternoon. I just went home and shut the door, and my boss calls me like at you know seven o'clock at night. Goes where were you today? I said well I left, and um, you know my, you didn't do what you said you were going to do, and and um, I'm glad he called me. He said I, I stunk. I I blew it. it. It was because of this caveat and that caveat that caused this to happen and you didn't do well. I said, why didn't you tell me? I killed it. I did Mm -hmm. a great job for you and you didn't come through with your end of the bargain. I moved my family here and you came through. Well, then he said, nope, we're going to do this. And that was a half a year payout. The second half of the year, I got it. Yeah. A hundred percent of it. And because I knew the rules, I knew what to do. And, and, um, but they didn't communicate with, and I remember that being hurt by that. Yeah. And I don't want to, that's why those hundred employees or 500, however many we ever had, we took care of them all. Cause I remember how I felt. Yeah. And if, if, if 
treat the way you want to be treated, right? Don't yeah. don't don't mess around with those things, man. No. It's it's it, you you got a hard job to go get, you know, and um, and take take good care of them, and and they'll last longer, and they'll they'll stay longer, and all that kind of stuff. But don't don't let them get away with the garbage. They know they know it's garbage too. Yeah, I'm smiling, but yeah, they know it's garbage too. So hang, cut them off before it gets too long, because it'll it, it represents who you are as well. Everybody everybody on your team gets represented by the one knucklehead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. That's a good point. Well, cool. I know I know we've been chatting a while. So what what else? Uh, I guess anything else that you want to tell another story or anything, any final thoughts that, that you want to leave everybody with? The, the one thing that was fun is all you ask for help, always ask for it. Everybody out there asks for help from somebody, yep. find it, talk, talk to them about it. Have some, even if they don't have the right answers, at least talk through it. Yeah. Find out the answers. Um, try different things. Please try different things. Play with it. Um, you know, when you and Brooke were out selling together and you, that first year you and Brooke were both selling that first year together mm-hmm. and you grew like crazy, right? Who would have thought that just adding you and Brooke out selling, y'all would have grown as fast as you did, but it gave you some relief, right? It gave you another place to grow together. Yep. And uh, those were fun years. And then you got, some, then you could go to the next step. Then you could do some more things. And then you, you every little phase of it, you, you get to grow again. So yep. take some chances on some stuff, all of you that are listening out there, take a few chances on some odd things that you kind of like. Some, will, a lot of them will fail. That's, that's all right. You just, you know, try them anyway and then go, I wish I wouldn't have done that. Uh, but at least you try it, It'll open up something you weren't expecting. Is yeah. what I'm telling all of you. It'll open up something odd. Um, and, um, don't let fear get in your way of trying it. And, and, uh, cause it'll, it, you'll find something extra. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I would tell everybody to do. Yeah, that's cool. And as you were talking about that, one of the things that you, I mean, you probably know that you did it for me, but maybe not to the extent that I felt it. When I was out in the truck, sometimes, like, I would call you, and I just needed, like, somebody to be a sounding board. Yes. You know, and it wasn't even necessarily always a chemical question or a weed question, but it's just like, I need somebody to talk to about this because I feel alone. And whoever that is for you out there, like, make sure you have somebody because especially when you're by yourself and it's July, August, you've been doing this a while. And, and on top of that, you lost a client and Mrs. Jones is, is ticked off at you. And like, sometimes you just need somebody to call. And Brett was that guy for me for, for, well, shoot, he still is, but hopefully my questions just get better and better every year. And, little fewer and far between so that because now tiago's bothering him <laughs> now, now tiago's filling my role of you all blow, you never blowing stop. Him up. oh man yeah what's but cool is that's you, what i was thinking about go ahead you, you have you have to have it you you have to have those people yeah so that you not think you're going off the reservation yeah. you know you've got to make sure you think you're you're not crazy right yeah it's okay settle down you're fine yeah, yeah. you know sometimes they might tell you you're you're a little bit off but at least you talk through it, you yeah. know, and you don't even need, you don't, you don't want my advice on everything. I don't want you to have, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be wrong too a hundred times, but, but you feel you alone. To, yes. At least you got to talk about it. Yeah. And, um, everybody has someone they're talking to. Yeah. Everybody is talking to somebody. I promise you. I don't care if you own Amazon, you're talking to somebody about something. Yeah. Yeah. 
And maybe, maybe like there's a larger company and that has grown and maybe they can be that thing for somebody else. Um, I was chatting with a guy today and, you know, he was saying like one guy didn't even want to talk to, uh, some grade schoolers or something because he was like, Oh, one day they'll grow up and they'll be my competition. And that's just like a, a really poor attitude. I think, um, if you, if you've grown to anything or have someone that looks up to you, like the more you can help them out, the, the better, like be that for somebody yeah, else. Especially in this industry, you don't have competition. You're competent because you can't get to enough people fast enough. There's no way. Yeah. I don't care if you have, if you're, you know, if you're weed man or lawn doctor or Ryan lawn and tree or true green chem yep. lawn doing 1.4 billion in sales, your competition is your people. How many sales, how many things you can get around to. We all think we do, but that is wrong. You, you, your speed is not that. It's yep. how many good people you have, how many good play. I don't care if I told you how to apply everything I have and I gave it to someone across, they'd, they'd mess it up. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, it's not, yeah. uh, there, there's no way I could give every secret to the next. You can't do it. Our industry's yeah. too, it's a living, breathing plant. It's not plastic and, and, and concrete really, yeah. as far as, as far as the actual thing we're trying to make landscaping look good. So it's, you've, it's, it's an art, not necessarily always a science. Mm-hmm. And so you gotta be out there messing with it and working with it all yep. the time. Yep. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Well, Papa Fletch. Papa Fletch. <laughs> I appreciate you being being on the show. Hope, All right. I'm going to go I, I went, say hi. I'm go play with Charlie, Remy, and Sage. I'm going to go off to the next one. Again. That's awesome. What's cool is this will this will live forever. So so my grandkids will be able to, to no. listen to this. Oh, they will. No, they will. They'll go back and listen to it. But uh, I promise you guys out there, um, I know you enjoyed it, and we'll have him back on to talk actual more chemicals and uh he doesn't know it yet i talked to heath about this but i think it'd be cool if uh you and i could sit down and put together some programs and stuff putting you on the spot here but if pbi wants to help do it or whatever but uh a lot of people flood in saying like hey what should i do here what should i do here so i thought it'd be cool if we could regionally put together four or five programs that could that could help them um just, just something standard. Sure, sure. We, so. have, we could have some fun with all kinds of different stuff. We'll go from Bahia. We'll do all the fun ones on this call. We'll do Bermuda grass, Bahia grass, St. Augustine. Oh, yeah. Past Palum, bent grass. Let's see. What else is another funny one? We'll do rye grass, fescue. We'll do all the weird grasses. We'll I like do, it. Yeah, we'll, we'll do, do a uh, turf-only talk. <laughs> we'll right. do centipede. Centipede. There, there you go. Don't anybody out there listening, I feel bad for you if you have to do oh, centipede. Oh, I've, I've had some centipede people. Oh, gosh. Poor. <laughs> yeah, sorry for all that. There's some people listening to this thing, don't even know there's that many grasses. Oh, no. They're like, what are they talking about? They're lost. There's only <laughs> bluegrass and fescue. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. been fun. I've enjoyed it. Um, again, I want you to know how much you've helped me and we wouldn't, we wouldn't be here without you. We wouldn't have a lawn care company without you. And, um, I'm just, just grateful for it. Yeah. You guys have done well, but everyone listening, Brits made 4 million mistakes. Yeah. You can tell them a mistake. I'm trying to wrap up here. You tell them a mistake if you want. made 4 million. So that, that's the best part. All of us think we're everything's. Oh, Britt must be just, it must be a piece of cake. Nope. Nope. He's made 4 million. Nope. He's made, he's made about 4 million. Burned a hundred lawns this year. He burned lawns. He's, he's 
I, I put a whole bottle of Halo Sulfuron on Kent Brottle's yard. Yeah, put, yeah, put a whole bottle <laughs> my, of something on. My first year. Why is why is this yard brown instead of green? Why is this one this? It's it's hilarious. It's, the, the, the mistakes are fun because you never forget them. I'm just kidding. There's always fun mistakes. But everyone listening always thinks everything's perfect. It's not. And it's never is. It's so much great. I've made, like I said, I've made a thousand yep. screw-ups and, and, um, and having to go eat crow because I've blown it a thousand times. So don't worry. Don't think somebody's sitting somewhere in front of somewhere thinking they're the perfect thing because they, I promise you, they are not. They're not. They are not. And most of the people that have gotten where they are, even if they're acting like that, they they forget how many mistakes they've made. And I, I, I try to be, try to be pretty real with our audience and let them know like our wins, but more importantly, our losses Mm -hmm. that way, that way they don't do the same things. And yeah, we can we can kind of be for them what you were for us, and oh shoot, we can go. We we have a list of fifty things that we've done wrong with hiring and yes. firing just this year. Yeah, we could do those all day, hiring, firing. The I think this one's going to be great, and you're like, I don't know, I shouldn't. I, I'm in a hurry. I'll just hire him anyway. Nope, boom, <laughs> it blows up in your face. Have I told you we had a guy that got a sunburn this year? I fired him in thirty six hours. <laughs> <laughs> I already have a bad review for making fun of hiring and firing. Yeah. But uh, we had a guy, he literally, he said he wanted to stay home because he had a sunburn. And I was like, bud, you're just going to have to get the step. And then like, yeah. if you got a sunburn on, on day one and a half, you're, you're going to have to leave. That's it. That's Sorry. exactly right. We got to go now. <laughs> yeah. But I hired him. So yeah, my fault, man, this is cool. This is cool. Um, you, you promise our audience you'll be back to talk chemicals. No promises. No promises. No problem. You, you swindled me into this one, so I, uh, <laughs> make, I, I'll, I'll try. I'll try to come back. All right, guys. Hey, I want you to know he's helped me, but uh, Brett Reek, PBI Gordon, he is a big deal in the industry, and he has helped thousands of people. I promise you it's thousands, and uh, has been around 30-plus years, and would love for you guys to reach out to him. Um, so just look up Brett Reek, PBI Gordon. You can find him on LinkedIn, on Twitter and ask him some questions, but, uh, he's been around the block, any technical skills, any chemical related stuff, ID problems. It'd be fun for you guys to reach out and bother him, uh, just like we do, but appreciate you being on the show, Papa Fletch and, uh, guys, thank you for listening and we'll be back with you soon.